Hello, Mount Zion family. Joanne and I are so thrilled to be joining you for this very special series called The Miracle of Marriage. And you see the sign right there, The Miracle of Marriage. And uh, we're going to be involved together for the next four weeks on February the 3rd, February the 10th, 17th, and 24th from 6 until 6.45. Now, these will also be posted afterwards because some of you have asked, is that possible? And it will be on your YouTube channel. So we want to thank you for tuning in now and encourage others to tune in whenever they are able to tune in. But the debut, the premiere, will be every Wednesday night, 3, 10, 17, 24 February from 6 until 6.45 p.m. And we're so glad that you're here. Joanne, I'm glad that you're here. Oh, I'm glad I'm here too. Thank this, you for having me. This is going to be an exciting time as we get involved in this kind of a, a dialogue as we seek to teach and to implement this that we've had an opportunity to do in many, many places. Oh, what are yes. some of those places? Oh, we've been to Venezuela, if you can believe <laughs> that, in the mountains of Venezuela. We've Even in yeah. Alabama, Louisiana, yeah. all over the state. Yes. And uh, so these have been some wonderful times, and we're expectant that this is going to be one of the very best. Of course, it's going to be different. It's going to be different because we are, are simply uh, doing this online, and typically we'll have 20 to 40 people in a setting when we're doing dialogue. Now, some of you are doing that. Josh Gulledge's Sunday School class, I understand they're going to be getting together. We encourage others of you to do that. Uh, there are the workbooks that are available. These are available every Sunday. And uh, whenever you want to come by the church, we have some in the church office, but especially in the commons, you can get one of these booklets. Now, you don't have to have a booklet, but you do need a pen I've and you mine. do need some paper and you do need your marriage manual. In fact, I decided mine. since we could make this very clear, this is the master's Miracle Marriage Manual. And this is the one that we're going to be looking at. This is the Word of God. And so w with all of the books that have been written about marriage and family, there's nothing better than the Word of this God. This is the best. It is the best. Would you want to say a word about that, Joy? No, but this is what we turn to, and this is where we get the truths from. That's exactly so this right. this is what it's based in, on. In the times that we have written that. Well, I want us to bow together in prayer. Would you like to pray for us, Joy, here in the beginning? Please mm -hmm. do that. Father, I just pray that you would bless our time together now. Give us truths from your word. Give us open hearts, listening ears. And, Father, just bless us now during this time. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Joanne. So we're right there and we're going to follow through with the booklet and we will do this in this way. We're going to be talking about marriage cons and pros. Now, I thought it would be creative. Don't you like the way we did that, Joanne? Oh, I love it. He always comes up with this stuff. <laughs> the cons and pros, not the pros and cons of marriage, but the cons and pros. Well, what is that thing, the con, Joanne? What is that? Concepts. The concepts. The uh -oh, ideas. Oh, I went too far here. Let's see. Uh-oh, we're back. not having that. And so I don't think that we have it printed out on there. So that's okay. But it is the concept of marriage. So C-E-P-T. For those of you who would like to put that in, add that to it. What are we talking about, Joanne, when we talk about the concepts the of marriage? The different concepts of marriage, the ideas in the marriage, the relationships in marriage. Okay. So these are things that are, are larger. These are the life principles. Correct. 
And that's what we're going to be looking at. Then that second thing is... Why don't is you tell us about some of the things about some the, of the concepts? Some of the concepts. Well, some of the concepts, Joanne, I'm glad you asked. Uh, relationship, as you mentioned, that's one of those. The three parts in the marriage trio. I love to think about marriage as a trio. What, what would that be, Joanne? That would be God... Yes. Man and woman. And we get this from Scripture. And we do get that from Scripture. God, and God is on His throne, and then, and then man, and then woman. And then we're going to be talking about some amazing, miraculous concepts of what happened in that trio. Another concept, love and respect. Would you want to mention something about love and respect? Well, love and respect in the Christian marriage is commanded. Commanded? It's not just a suggestion. It's commanded. And so it's commanded in Scripture. A wife is commanded to love her husband. A wife is commanded to respect her husband. And likewise with the husband. And there are special needs that are met when that, when that happens. happens. And, and so that's what we're going to be looking at. Another one of the concepts is communication. I've, I've often uh, been delighted with the book by Norman Wright that he wrote years and years and years ago. Do you remember the title of it? Oh. Communication, communication, communication. Must be pretty important. It must be pretty important. It certainly is. It is vital to marriage. We must learn to communicate. Correct. Some of us are very talkative. Some of us are less talkative. But all of us need to learn what it is to communicate. That's one of the concepts. I think they know who's more talkative in our family. Would that be you? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. okay. What about the commitment thing? And that's, the, that's another concept of marriage. Commitment is vital. And we actually take a commitment that is registered in the state when we get married. We commit to marriage. What about commitment in marriage, Joanne? It's Joanne? not just a commitment. It is a covenant. A covenant. Okay. And so we go further. And there's things about leaving, cleaving. Cleaving. And we leave parents, parents and cleave to one another. And we cleave to one another. And so there is the important part of that. Another concept, choices. All this thing of choices is very important. It is. We make choices in our lives. And from the very first choice that we make as a couple, it affects every choice that we will make. And that's significant. It because is. Because every choice we make puts us in a direction, doesn't it? And so that concept is important. And then concern, uh, concern and care, those are other concepts. But, but mention this part right here, the processes that go to the concepts. What about the processes? Processes are going to be a series of actions or steps in order to achieve a particular end. Okay. So we're going to be looking at that. So we're going to be looking at some of the steps and some mm -hmm. of the things that we need to do. And we're actually going to be doing that with one another, even as you and I have a number of times. But we're going to be encouraging all those who are with us as participants to do this with one another. There are those kneecap to kneecap sessions that we have where we learn to communicate, we learn to share, and that's one of the greatest needs that we have in marriage. Right. Years ago, Joanne, there was a, a couple, George Burns and Gracie Allen, and you've said that you don't remember because you're too young. I'm too young. To remember who they were, George and Gracie, and at the end of their program, George would always say, Good night, Gracie. And Gracie would say, Good night, Gracie. Because George would tell her, Say good night, Gracie. And she would simply 
Echo. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. And so what I'm going to do with you is that when they're going through, when all of the participants are going through the marriage manual that we have here, the Bible, and then our little marriage manual that comes out of the scripture, I'm going to ask you to simply say, turn the page. And they'll know to turn the page. They'll know we're ready to turn the okay. page. And so that's exactly what we're going to do I'm right ready. now. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Gracie? Turn the page. All right. So turn the page to your next one. Look at what we have here. And I have to click the clicker to get to this. The Miracle of Marriage. And what we have there are several very special things that relate to the miracle of marriage. We want you to see marriage as a miracle. And that is the truth. It truly is a miracle. You're going to see that vividly displayed. And at this first one, I already know the answers to this, Joanne. Do you know why? Because you've done this before. Because I've done it before. <laughs> and because I wrote the material. And, and also because, Gracie... Turn the page and you'll know it too. Turn the page and you will know exactly what we know. But if and we were in a workshop, we would do these one at a we time. We would do these one at a time in the workshop. But what we're going to ask you to do is, is uh, look page. at that page, turn the page, and you'll be on that page. Now, let's look at the first thing here. There are blessings, there are opportunities, there's commitment, there's progress. So we're going for blessing in marriage. We want to come to where our marriage are blessings to the couple that is in marriage, a blessing to God who is also in the marriage. Remember the marriage trio that we've already mentioned. And then where that blessing becomes a blessing not only to God, to man and to woman together, but that becomes a blessing to others. Do you realize that one of the best things you can possibly give to your children is a picture of a marriage that is experiencing the miracle of marriage? That's probably one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your children. Now, now you think that some of the things that you give to your children are, are financial in orientation and educational in orientation, and that is true, but the greatest blessing that many of us will ever give our children is teaching about a relationship to Christ and teaching about a relationship to the spouse that we have in our marriage. And that's something very important. That goes right to the miracle of marriage. And then there's the act, act, activity of opportunity. Join, speak about opportunity. Every day we're faced with opportunities that come our way. This happens and we can take advantage of those opportunities to make our marriages better. We can approach them accidentally, intentional, uh, incidentally, or we can intentionally do things to make our marriages better with our spouses. Uh, they do come our way every day. Every day they come our way. And, and, and sometimes some, we just overlook them. Yes. We, we, accidentally we just pass by those opportunities and then without intentionality we're not going to take advantage of the opportunity. And accidentally we fulfill the needs of our spouses. And sometimes... Incidentally, Intent, yeah, and sometimes intentionally we do things 
that make our marriages better. And it's so important for us to get to that intentionality. I, I, I've got to tell you this. This is a funny little thing that, that I was reading as I was reading, as I'm reading most of the time anyway. And I read about a, a wife who had the flu. She got sick, Joanne. Have you ever been sick? You know I'm sick a lot. Well, anyway, she got <laughs> sick. And you don't she make was, me sick. She was real, oh, oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, she was feeling really bad. And so she began to tell her husband about how bad she felt and, and, and how she felt like, oh, she just didn't know what she was going to do because she felt so bad. She felt like she needed to lay down. And so finally he said, well, that will be okay. But then she was using a little bit of psychology on him because there were things to do around the house. And she said, but honey, one of the things that disturbs me most is that if I lay down, you see all those dishes in the sink, all those things need to be washed and, and there's washing that needs to be done and there's vacuuming that needs to be done and there are things that need to be done for the children. She was hoping that he would volunteer. She was hoping that he would see the incident. Uh, you know what he said to her? What did he say? He said, honey, don't worry about it. All those things will be here when you get to feeling better. In other words, that's the way many of us do. That's, yep. that's kind of like, oh, you're not. I'm not pointing you out. Okay, no. I'm glad you're not pointing no. me out because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so good at such things you as really that. You really are real helpful. Oh, I am. I am. Are you telling the truth now? Are I you, am. Are you being funny? Are you being no. sarcastic? Okay, because please. The older you get, the better you get. <laughs> I'm not getting older. I'm getting better. I love that. Both. That's so cool. All right. Let's think about commitment. What about the commitments in marriage? You know, commitment has to be definite. It yeah. doesn't just happen. No, it doesn't. No. We can't just say, I'm going to be committed to this. It is a definite thing. It's an action, isn't it? And it's God's desire that we be committed one to another. It's one of those processes it is a process. that leads to the concept of blessing. And when isn't we it? get married, we need to be committed one to another for a lifetime. Yes, no matter what. No matter what. That's unconditional. Unconditional. And that's covenantal. It is. It is. It becomes a covenant in marriage. A covenant marriage, under God. A covenant under God that, that, that makes such a profound difference in our lives and in the lives of those who even observe our marriage. In the lives of our children, our grandchildren, those around us. And they will pass that down. So that blessing continues. That's right. I, uh, do you remember I, I shared with the Mount Zion family about the, the wedding ceremony? The, the minister was giving the oh, wedding ceremony. You remember that? And, and he said, uh, he got to that part of the vows. And, and I say this so often in wedding ceremonies. Do you take this woman for better, for worse, or richer, or poorer, in sickness and in health? And he evidently, the, the young groom evidently thought that it was a, a multiple choice thing. He said, well, I'll take better and richer and healthy. And he didn't realize that it's not that way. You don't get to do multiple choice. You do better or worse. Richer or poorer, sickness or health, or in health. And that's so important for us to realize. It's an all-the-time thing. And that's when the miracle really becomes real. Uh, Join. look at this thing over here, this thing of progress. You see the, the word progress there? And, uh, and it may be a little different on their workbooks, but it still works because, you see, all these point to one another. But what about progress? What do you, what do you see in that? Progress is... 
progress is really the design that God has for us because he wants us to strengthen and grow in our marriages. It's just like that thing that you it's said. It's a bonding that we have. A bonding that we have, and then as we're making progress, as we're advancing, as we're growing. It's a wonderful thing. We grow closer to each other. It's that thing Closer that to God. We're going to be talking about that as we go through this, and we're going to be seeing how God, and, and, and I'll just go ahead and say something about it. God does certain things through my life that he wants to bring to you, That's and right. certain things that through your life that you need to bring to me on behalf of God. It's not that he could not do it personally, but he said in the scripture that we become one flesh, that because we are one, he wants to use us as partners in this amazing, miraculous thing called marriage. Do, uh, and that only happens in a Christian marriage. It only happens in a Christian marriage. It cannot happen outside of a Christian marriage because it requires unconditional love. That's right. There's something else that I, uh, uh, I just have to put you on the spot for this thing. During marriage, we're getting to know each other. I think you ought to sing that song. Do it. Do it. All right. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Isn't that great? Did you have that recorded anywhere? I don't, but maybe Mark could record it now, for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and that is recorded. Okay, Gracie, we're ready for a move here. To turn, what did we do? Bless, oh, you did blessing we did to that. start with. I did with. that to start but with. But we're going to be blessed individually, together, as a couple. Our okay. families can be blessed. Our church family, we will be blessed and we'll be a blessing to other people. So it's, it can be a cycle. Yes. You know, I think... This just when doesn't I, happen one time. It continues over and over and over. Yes, it does. And, and when I come into church at Mount Zion, and I see some of our couples who've been married for many years, even more, marriage, more, more years than you and I have been married, I am just amazed. I'm amazed at how beautiful they are and how they're growing and how they're glowing for Jesus' sake. It's an exciting thing. It is. Okay, turn Gracie, the page. turn the page. It's time to turn a page. And you get to the opportunity, blessing, commitment, progress, and we're about to define some terms. And I think that is vital for us. I guess I better turn the page. Let's define our terms. Uh-oh. Hey, guess what? It was there all the time. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'll train him better next Defining week. Defining the terms. Rediscovering <laughs> where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Now, 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 take that apart for us, Joanne. Tell us what the Okay, that is. this is your bag. That's a good way to remember it. Where you've been, your past, where you are, and where you're going. Now, a lot of you just have a short past. You may not have been married for a long time, but you have a past. Where you are, your present, where you currently are, what's going on in your life right now, in your family, in your marriage, and where you're going, your future. You need to look at that and plan for it. Indeed. Where, where we've been, where we are, where we're where going. going. That's our bag. And, 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 and we need to understand that that is a very positive thing. It's a positive thing. Let's, uh, let's look at some of these things here. What is marriage? What is marriage? Now, you've got a great definition for it. Why don't you give it to okay, us? Okay, I'll share that. Commitment of one man and one woman to a lifelong love relationship to each other as covenant companions looking to God 
as their father, leader, and partner. And I think that's so important. I really do. You, you've got to have that trio that we've talked about. And God is here, and, and the wife is here, and the husband is here. And that commitment must be very, very real. Joanne, there's some passages that we need to get to right now to understand this thing about marriage, about who invented it, and why it was invented. I want you to read for us, if you will, and I'm going to ask everyone who's tuned in with us to look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. I'm going to turn to that in my Bible right now. Genesis chapter 1, Verses 26 through 28. And Joanne, I would like for you to read that to us, if you will. Because you see, what we're looking at here is trying to understand, okay, what is this thing called marriage? Is it, is it a wedding and then everything turns out all right and they live happily after, ever after? I don't think that that is what marriage is. That we have a wedding and then we just go for it. No, no. There has to be intentionality with that opportunity mm -hmm. as we talk about. Look at Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind into our image, in our likeness, that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Beautiful, beautiful words there. God created mankind in his own image, male and female. Two options only, male and female. And he blessed them. And he said, I want you to be my partners. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to increase in number. I want you to fill the earth and subdue it. You see, God could have done it differently, but he did not choose to do it differently. I think we need to look at another passage too, Joanne. Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 2, picking up at verse 18. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. If each of you would just look a page over there, maybe in your Bible or maybe it's on the same facing page as it is in mine. Genesis 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man named, gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had t from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother 
and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Oh, what a beautiful picture that is. And that's what marriage is all about. Mm -hmm. One man, one woman, committed to each other, lifelong relationship with God as their partner. The trio is in harmony. The trio right. is in harmony together. And something I often like to illustrate, Joanne, is that with the woman and the man, the closer we grow to God together, the closer we grow together. And that's amazing. And you and I have had quite a number of years now, 51 years of marriage, where we have grown hopefully always consistently closer to God. And as we've done so, we've grown closer to each other. And, and as persons have joined in today to, to look at this with us, I hope that that's true for every marriage here. Growing closer to God, growing closer to God, growing and growing and growing. And that's why this can only happen in a Christian marriage. That's, that's exactly and right. And why God told us not to be unequally yoked because unequally yoked means one is not a Christian. So one is down here and only one has a relationship with Christ. Yes. And so that, if we carry out that triangle, Joanne, that means that it, that unequal yoking, this person can never really move toward God because until there, they know Jesus there's Christ. There's no triangle. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's so important for us to realize. Let's look at this. Second question. Who invented marriage? Well, we've read it. God. <laughs> we just read. He, he performed the first wedding there in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? And, uh, and God invented it. He is the designer. He is the developer, and he is the director of marriage. And that's why this is called the Master's Miracle Marriage Manual. I love that little title there. And then why did he do it? Why did he create marriage? Why, why was there need for marriage? Mar what is marriage? Who invented it? God. Why? why? Relationship. Man needed a relationship with someone like himself. Okay. He had a relationship with God. Yes. But there was no suitable person for him. Yes. The animals had somebody. Mm -hmm. Man had no one. Man did not, did he? Because the animals were different. They were not they were on that different. level. But they were not really was... in the image of God. That's right. That means that they had personality. They had the ability to decide, the ability to choose, the ability to build the life of one another. And back to that miracle again, they had the ability that God could give them to grow them in his grace and knowledge. And that's an amazing thing. So it was for, for relationship. He made us for relationship. And we feel lonely when we do not have relationship. And, and there are those who can be single and can be very fulfilled in that, but the majority of people do not feel fulfilled in that. And so they are made to have that closeness, right. that oneness, that, that unity, even of flesh in a very real way with, with a person that God has hopefully blessed them with in their lives. It's an exciting thing. Let's go a little further. Look at what this says. What are your favorite passages in Scripture regarding marriage, marriage and why are those important to you? Let's, let's 
click a slide here, Joanne. I should have said Gracie. You didn't tell me. Turn the page. Turn the page, and I hope that you'll turn your page. Well, I, see, I didn't get my page turned. Now I've got my page turned. Favorite marriage scriptures. What about your favorite marriage scriptures? I really like 1 Corinthians 13. I know, and I've got that on the list We had here. that read at our marriage yes, ceremony. We did. We did at our marriage ceremony. We surely did. You know, I had almost forgotten that, but I would never admit that I had forgotten that because I know it's just like, it's like a photographic memory, everything that happened. You remember. <laughs> I don't quite remember. But anyway, I, I, I try my best to remember 1 Corinthians 13, and we had a segment of that read at our wedding. Now, Joanne, is this exhaustive of the marriage passage? No, no, no. Every time we've had a seminar, I add to my scriptures. And I'm sure you will have many that you'll want to add. But this is some of them. We can't possibly go through all of them. No. We did Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and Genesis 2, 18 through 25. What about the patriarchs of the Old Testament? Well, we can learn a lot from the patriarchs. We really can. Uh, Abraham and uh, Sarah always come to mind. The faith that they had and the yes. love that they had one for another. Abraham and Sarah, a, a wonderful, wonderful couple through whom all nations of the earth have been blessed. It's a, a remarkable thing in and of itself. I always think of Ruth and Boaz, and we had a uh, short yes. reading from Ruth at our wedding Yes, ceremony. we did, yes. Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following you. I'm still here. <laughs> You're still here. <laughs> For where you go, I will okay. go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my, my people. people and your, your God, God my God. God. That really happened with us because I was so close to your mom and dad. Yeah. And you were so close to my mom and dad, even taking care of them. Your people shall be my people. my people. And what an amazing thing that was. That gets me all excited. Uh, and so then, then there's Ruth and then Song of Solomon. Uh, Song of Solomon. Who wrote the Song of Solomon? Solomon. <laughs> Solomon. That's a giveaway, isn't it? Who else wrote about the Song of Solomon? Oh, I know this. Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin, yeah. And we, we certainly don't want to forget that. Of course, and now, now all of those of you who are not married, please close your ears. The name of the book is what? Song of Solomon. <laughs> the name of <laughs> Pastor Kevin's book. Oh, I don't remember. It's about sex love. Sex is. Oh, sex It's about is. love. It's about sex. Okay. All right. You're off Kevin's Christmas list uh, now. Sorry, Pastor. That did But it. I read it. <laughs> All right. She did. She read the book, and that's really good. And Joanne's quite a reader. I can't say any more than that because it's about sex. The, we, we don't even want to mention that word. So, by the along. way, in the Real Miracle Marriage Seminar, we mention that quite a bit at any rate. And but what about Matthew, Matthew, Ephesians? Oh, there's such an important passage Ephesians in Ephesians. It's wonderful. And then we'll come back to that. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, and then Colossians. And then I've added Malachi, Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 uh, through 15. Those are important words about Malachi. And, and, and if we had a lot more time, we would, we would read those from Hosea. Malachi. But we're, and Hosea, Hosea is important. Love. What else would you share, Joanne? Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Do you remember what that is? 
It's the no. fruit of the Spirit. Oh, yes. I've yes. got that on my other Love, page. joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. And then a favorite of mine that has become a favorite of mine is 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9. That's where we read that we're at to add to our faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And it, it, it is remarkable how those things contribute to a truly happy marriage. But I want us to do something right now. And, uh, and that is this. I want us to look at, at Ephesians chapter 5. And we had planned, we had thought about reading through that together. Sometimes I counsel couples to do this. We're not going to do it today because of time, Joanne. But in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 21 and going through verse 33, there are some just insightful and life-changing words having to do with marriage. If you pick up in verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That is mutual submission. And if we had a lot of time, we could talk about that now, and, but we will not do so. The, the fact is, is that the church and marriage are beautiful pictures one of the other, and you can mm -hmm. see that. I really highly recommend that, that those of you who are watching go to those passages and read those passages thoroughly through. You got that if you have the workbook. But the part that I want us to see for sure is here in verses 32 and 33. Verses 32 and 33. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Join, read that last verse. However, each one of you also must love his wife as she loves himself, and the wife must respect her. Her husband must love his <laughs> wife as he loves himself. Do you know why that that is given as a command there? Because so often we husbands do not show that love for our wives as we ought to show that love. And that is vital. That is a command. That is a step as Pastor Kevin so often teaches us about obeying God. That is a step of being obedient to God. Love your wife. In the Malachi passage, we talk about loving the wife of your youth. And he was talking about that the blessings would not come unless we love the wife of our youth. Join, you're the wife of my youth. Isn't that amazing? And I'm commanded to love you. And I do love you. That is very real in my life. And I'm commanded to respect you. And, and why I do. is that? Why is that respect because so important? You need that. I need that. Yourself, need you that. need that for your self-worth. That is a, a masculine thing. We need, we men, need to feel respected. We need to feel respected. It, it is a vital need in our lives. Women, what about that, Joanne? Do you need to feel loved? I do. And let me say, if I don't respect you, the children will not respect you. That's exactly right. And that's important for me, and it's important for me to have that respect. But that's a part of my masculinity. It is. And a part of your femininity is that need for love. Why is that? Because I need to feel loved and cared for, and I need to feel secure. 
And I do. You've mentioned that to me a number of times, that that safety, that safety needs to be there. And so, men, we need to make our wives feel safe. We, I need to be sure that Joanne feels safe at all times. And that is a part of love. That is a part of security. That is part of, of, of intimacy and coming together. So I love her and I show her that. And that respect thing is so important for me. It's vital in my Those life. Those two work together. And the two do work together. And love and respect, so, so very important. Well, Gracie. Turn the page. Turn the page. Let's turn a page here. We get to this next page. And uh, I'm going to ask the questions here. We're picking up at question number three. When did you get married? When did you get married? Joanne, when did you get married? I got married when you did. Oh, you did? Same day? Oh, same day. Same, same time? Mm -hmm. What a coincidence. We got married. Oh, no wonder. I think we married each other. Oh. Oh, that was it. The our, wedding. Our okay. ceremony was on a Sunday afternoon, December the 21st, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. December the 21st, 1969. And we were, I was almost late. I don't know I'm, if you knew that. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Well, you weren't even supposed to see me, or I wasn't supposed to see you, you or something like that. But anyway, you, anyway you made it. I finally got there, and it was an exciting thing. It and was. there is a Mount Zion connection even in our wedding those years ago. What was it? John Hogan. John Hogan. Reverend John Hogan, yep. who was pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church, was one of the ministers. And Richard Francis was the other. And Richard Francis was the other who performed the wedding ceremony right. for us. And that was such a very, very special time for us. And then one us. of your groomsmen. One of my groomsmen was, was Bob Hatfield. Bob Hatfield is the father of Rob Hatfield, who was on staff as an assistant pastor here and student minister, and who's now at Central Baptist That's Church. Right. And that was another connection that is very, very real. And so, so there are all kinds of connections that happen of that nature. But, but that was our wedding. Now, now, when did we get married? I really felt like we were really married. Yeah. Eight months later when we moved to Texas. Oh, eight months later. 700 okay. miles away. 700 miles away. Now, I really felt like we left, we were leaving and cleaving when we got married at the ceremony. Yes. And you we know. went on our honeymoon. We went to Atlanta. Atlanta. And we it went was to Atlanta so on our honeymoon. Cold. It was so, Rainy, so cold. very cold. It was a great time. But we like to talk about those times. And, yeah, it was fun. And it was really, really a, a, a neat time for us. Uh, uh, let, let's go a little further here. Describe your process of choice. What was, what about the first meeting, our first meeting? Now, this would surprise you. I met him at church. She met me at church. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing? She met me at Boyles Baptist Church in Tarrant, Alabama. And I always had my eye on you. She had her eye on me. Now, I don't know if that was really when you first got there. Because she first got to that church, and I had grown up in that church. But, but she got there when she was 10 years old. She came when she was 10 years old with her family. By that time, by that time, I was 13. Now, I've told some of you, jokingly, that I went to the nursery and picked her out. I did not really do that. I mean, <laughs> I hope that you understand that I did not really do that. But she looked so much younger than me than that. I had to make up a story to go with that. Anyway, the fact that the matter is, is that our first meeting was at church. And then we finally began a courtship. I had obviously known her or known of her well before the time 
that we started dating. Now, some people call it dating, and, and some of us just simply called it courtship. But really, in my era, we called it dating. But that's the courtship period. What would you say about that, Joanne? Well, I would say we started hanging out in high school. We did? We hung out. We went to the downtown high school. Yeah. And I had to have a ride home from school, so I normally called Edwin to see if I could get a ride home. Yes. Well, he would... He was glad to oblige. I did. I obliged. And I would go to his car real quick after school because he gave other people rides too so I could sit in the front seat beside him. And that was exciting. I really yeah. enjoyed that. But I we enjoyed... started dating my sophomore year in high school. Yes. The she, second half. She was, yeah, yeah. The the uh, second half of the courtship, I guess. Uh, the, the courtship continued there uh, at that time. And, uh, and I was a freshman, actually, at the University of Alabama yeah. at that time. Yeah. And uh, so I was 18. She was 15. And so we have been together for a long, a long, long time, time, much longer than 51 years. And then we had our wedding and so forth. There's our wedding. And then in the early years, say a few words about the early years. Oh, the early years, everyone went to... Well, we could get married when we did because Edwin got a job as a youth director. Yes, so, we did. You know, had to have a little job in order to get married. I, I was the student minister at First, First Baptist, Baptist Church, Russell, and uh, and then after that, eight though, eight months later, we moved to Texas. We moved to Texas, and I worked at Federal Reserve Bank in Dallas, rode the bus. Yes, and I was a student, we, and I had various jobs. Yep, you worked at Penny's, and I could go on and on with some of my various I was, jobs. Bank. I worked at Federal Reserve Bank by day, janitor by night. And those things are, are really good to review, and you need to review those with your spouse. And then later years, what were some of the uh, later, later years? Later years, we had a child in, in uh, school. We had a in elementary school, one in high school, one in college. Yes. Our parents were starting to have some needs, but we were back in Alabama by that time, so we that came was back better. to Alabama but because... Then, we moved to, uh, we had lost one parent, but then we had, we, then we moved to Montgomery, started traveling the state. Yes. I mean, we were busy, 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 but the Lord blessed us, and we had a lot of opportunities to move around and see a lot of things. And, and those are our memories, but you have memories. Yeah. And what I want you to do is talk about those things. Every time I talk about those with Joanne, certain things just come up. They well up in our memory because we're reviewing those great victories that God gave us all through our marriage. Oftentimes when I'm counseling couples, I tell them, well, think about back to the good times that you had. And some of the most challenging times for us were some of the best times, weren't they? They were. They really were. And then in current events right now, we, we, we're moving along and we're so thrilled to be at Mount Zion Baptist Church. What an answer to prayer that is. Uh, Terry Slay once asked me, he said, what would be your ideal, ideal position in a church? And I said, well, if I could be a teaching pastor and, and I'm happy to work with senior adults as well. And uh, that position is, is, is one that I'm seeking to fulfill here at Mount Zion Baptist Church right now. So in these current events, in these current years, God is continuing to bless us. Okay, Gracie. Turn the page. Turn the page. Now then, this is going to be for you. And especially for those of you who've gathered together in small groups. Now, now small groups are not totally essential to this. Please understand that. It can just be a couple. It can just be an individual. But if you're in a small group, uh, there are certain things that you'll want to do. And uh, if you turn two pages here, if you turn two pages, you'll see what it is. It is the kneecap to kneecap section. 
And let me just simply name five things about your spouse that you like, and you're, I'm going to come back to that. But kneecap to kneecap, you're going to discuss these together. You know what we're going to let, Joanne and I are going to let you do? We're going to let you see what we wrote. We wrote these things to each other. And, and we're going to let you see it right now, exactly what we wrote, okay? So here we go. We go back. Name five things. And that's what you're going to do. You're going to do that kneecap to kneecap. First of all, you'll have to write those things out. And then kneecap to kneecap, you're going to discuss it. Now then, you just eavesdrop on Joanne and I. Five things about your spouse that you really like. Do you want to tell me first or do you want me to tell you? I'll tell you. Okay, you tell me. Okay, the things I really like about you. Yes, please. Five this Five. was this was easy. I know do. there are many, many more. There are. Yes. <laughs> the first thing I really like, and my kids have really, our children have really commended you on this. You open my door for me every time we go out to the car. Okay, who would have thought it? I mean, you know, I, I, I do. Okay. You do. I love to open the door for her. But that I really appreciate your thoughtfulness. And so, but opening my door and your thoughtfulness at of bringing me surprises. Surprises, yes. I mean, he surprised me with flowers this last week. Oh, I love to do those things like I learned off the infomercials. But wait, but wait. And I usually give her a little change like that. But wait, but wait, but wait. But wait. here they come. And, and then I bring another one out and another one out and another one out. It's so much fun. It's fun. But I, I really like this. And I appreciate your thoughtfulness. My thoughtfulness. Second thing. Uh, your playfulness. Oh, that, okay, my playfulness. You're uh -huh. kidding. I'm pretty somber most of the time, aren't I? Know, I? Okay. I know. What's another thing? Your, your godliness. Oh. Because it's such a wonderful example to me, to our children, to our grandchildren, to our whole family, and to others. Uh, and it helps What's me another to, one, to grow in the Lord. And your commitment to me. Okay. My commitment to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you can count on that. So whatever it takes. I know I have some physical challenges sometimes, but it's whatever it takes, you'll do. Yes. Whatever it takes. And I commit that to you even before all of these. And they've got it on tape. And so they'll, they'll have that. Let me tell you five things about you. And I can't go into all the detail because of time. But, but number one, your commitment to Christ. Your commitment to Christ. Your calling and your giftedness. Number two, your beauty inside and out. And I think that your beauty begins inside, not outside. And your beauty outside is, is just a reflection of the beauty inside. Third thing, your consistency in life. You've been so consistent, so consistent through our lives, faithful to God and faithful to me. And then number four, your enjoyment in life. You like to enjoy life. We have the similarities of wanting to celebrate. We like to celebrate life. I love to celebrate life. And especially because it becomes a part of us with life in Christ. And then, number five, your patience. Not that I need it very often, <laughs> but your patience. You are so patient with me, and that's one of the things that I'm lacking so much. And so, we need to turn another page. We need to turn another page, and we get to this other page, and, and I'll name three things about you, three things about you that you think I'm, I'm supposed to write three things about me that I think you might want to change. And I'm going to give you those very quickly. Number one, concern about things that may not matter. Okay, now that simply is this, that, that this is something that I think you'd want to change about me, okay? I get concerned about things that may or may not matter. And uh, I'm a world-class warrior. I'm sure you know that. 
And then the second thing, you would say that I need to work less and rest more. And, uh, and so I, I, I'm trying to work on that, working less and resting more, but I, I'm not accomplishing it very well. And then number three, lack of patience with life. You, you know, for me, people sit at the traffic light far too long. Don't you think that, men? I, I, I think that many of us do. Joanne, what do you think I might want to change about you? Well, I put clarity in my speech because I like to use pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saying use nouns. <laughs> And I put walk faster, speed up, okay. stand up straight, shoulders back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I put that I'd have more energy. <laughs> that you'd have more energy. Well, and you do that, and you do that very well. And, and I realize that, you know, I, I, I have a, a modicum of energy, you know, and, and everything. And I know that it's, it's kind of hard to hang out with me sometimes. Okay, folks, this is the last thing. Kneecap to kneecap. What we want you to do right there, if you're with your spouse, then I want you to go kneecap to kneecap. I want you to talk about maybe the things that we talked about, about marriage, and then those five things that you like about each other, and then share those three things that you might want to change about the other. And that's so important for us to do. I want to lead us in a word of closing prayer. And thank you for being here this time. And thank you for being willing to tune in next week. Invite somebody else, encourage somebody else to tune in with us on February the 10th at 6 o'clock p.m. Let's pray together before we go. Thank you, Lord, for the time we've had together this very day. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for the miracle of marriage. Help us to live it out for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.